It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time for Tech Tuesday. Welcome to the first episode of Tech Tuesday. I'm Violet Wong. My name is Raj Shroff, Director of Applied AI Research at Blue Artificial Intelligence. In today's episode, tech company Humane has launched AI Pin, a small AI-powered wearable device that can do many of the things that your smartphone can, like making calls, sending messages, and looking up information. All without a traditional screen. So, Raj, what exactly is this thing? What does it look like? The device itself is like a small square, less than the size of a coaster, that you can attach to your clothing, and it basically has a camera and a touchscreen almost, but without display. And what you can do is activate it using voice commands. Where it gives you directions, gives you advice, does internet searches for you. It's quite fun because they also have a little holographic image display built in, where you can hold your hand out in front of the device, and it has a display on your hand, and you can control the device using hand gestures as well. Is there any other way to interact with this device? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things Humane was very intent on was not having the device listen to you all the time. So the always-on feature is not really there. So to interact with the device or to wake it up, you can tap it with your hand. And there's a bunch of interactions where you can use the device just by tapping it in different ways to take photos, to take videos, or even do things like go back to the home screen. So, what's the idea behind this design? Is it to tackle our scrolling addiction? When the tech community saw this product being announced, they really see it as a companion to the smartphone. Let's say we're just walking down the street; we don't have the phone in our hands when we're looking for directions or answering messages. So, this is a great kind of complement to the smartphone that we already use. Is it going to replace our scrolling addiction? My immediate thought is no, because a lot of our scrolling that we do is very visual. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or any other type of social media. So it's not really replacing the visual element of it because even its holographic display is just like in a green color with low resolution. Because the device can enable you to call someone, to text someone. So I thought it's like a different form of communication tool other than a smartphone. Well, I'm sure the company would want it to become like that. But when we think about it, even smartwatches have some of these features, and they actually advertise smartwatches as you can leave the house without your phone. But I'm sure the majority of smartwatch owners they also leave the house with their phone as well as their smartwatch. So at the end of the day, it comes down to how customers and users see this new AI pin. Will they organically start replacing their phones with it, or will they still hold on to their phones for some time? That's a interesting observation that we can. Make after the product fully launches. What's the feedback so far? Do people think it actually lives up to the hype? Well, part of the hype is really because the team behind the AI pin were Apple engineers and designers. So they worked on the iOS interface and a lot of the design elements for Apple products that we know and love. And some of the feedback from the tech community is that it looks great in terms of features and the streamlined way you interact with it. It seems to offer some very interesting features. A couple of concerns that people have raised is that the price point seems very high for something that may or may not replace your phone. Because in addition to the 700 US dollar fixed price, there's also a monthly recurring subscription that gives you access to calling and a bunch of on-device AI service subscriptions as well. The other issue people have raised is that what does this do for people's privacy? Because if everybody has this device. 
they essentially have a recording camera on their chest at any given time in public. So it's interesting to see how people accept this kind of new tech or step back in some way. Is AI pin like Siri or other digital assistants? What do you think is more advanced? It's definitely more advanced because uh, digital assistants like Siri or Google Home they're very dependent on voice. With the AI pin, you have the vision element built in. You can have the camera like look out at the world. You can take a picture of something and say, "Tell me about this picture." And a very interesting feature is that you can hold up some food in front of the camera and say, "Give me the nutritional profile of this food that I'm about to eat." So it's kind of integrating these AI assistants into almost every aspect of your life. The product is now only available for pre-order in the U.S. Do you expect AI Pin to be available in Hong Kong maybe early next year? I do expect it to be available eventually. Now, if we were talking about a big company like Apple with their distribution, I would expect it to be available in Hong Kong a lot sooner. But since this is a smaller company, I'm not sure what the timeline is. But if I were on their management team, I would try to roll this out in Southeast Asia and Hong Kong as soon as possible. Because if they don't, I'm sure one of the local providers will offer a similar and almost as good solution. Let's move on to talk about Samsung's AI. We don't know a lot about the capabilities of this Galaxy AI yet, but the tech giant said it will be able to translate calls in real time. Can you tell us a bit more about that? So this is one of the announcements that really got people's attention. According to the company, it will be as simple as turning on closed captions on a YouTube video, where the audio is instantly translated into your language. Or alternatively, you can even see the text translation of the call on screen in front of you. Now, is this going to work as well as advertised? I'm not entirely sure. People have different accents and dialects, even when they're talking the same language. The translation also depends on the quality of the audio itself. Is there a lot of background noise? So it'll be interesting to see how well this technology works in the real world. When, say, somebody's in a crowded NTR having a conversation, and there's a lot of voices around them as well. Aren't there already apps that translate what we say in real time? Exactly, it's not entirely new、um, because even the humane AI pin that we just talked about, it can also translate calls and voices in real time. At least that's what they advertise. Google Translate already does this as well. So I guess the one difference is that because the AI processing is on the device instead of relying on a cloud service, maybe the translation becomes faster. And let's say you're talking with the same person over and over again. Maybe the device learns the speech patterns of that person and the speech patterns of yourself, so it becomes a better translator over time. So these are some possibilities, or, or these are some ways where this translation service from Samsung might be better than、um, other competing offerings. Some people are saying that on-device AI may give you more privacy. Do you see that as a big advantage? It is definitely a big advantage because when AI gives us solutions for the real world, it's basically taking our data and processing that data in order to do something for us. So keeping our data on a specific device and not transmitting over the internet—that's a huge advantage for privacy advocates as well as just people in general. I see. 
And um, what's the market's reaction so far? Because we've seen Google's Pixel 8 phone that also leverages AI. So what are the expectations people have for Samsung's AI-enhanced phones? Well, people are generally excited about Samsung's new AI, simply because Samsung is such a huge smartphone distributor. More people have a Samsung smartphone than they have a Google Pixel phone. So especially in the part of the world we are in, people are keeping an eye on these kind of developments because it's very likely that people's next phones in Hong Kong will either be an iPhone or a Samsung or maybe a Huawei. So there are also reports saying that Apple is also improving Siri with its LLM, the large language model, and it plans to launch a powerful AI app with iPhone 16 next year. I think we can expect a very competitive smartphone market next year. Absolutely. And Apple can almost afford to take a little bit more time simply because they have such a large captive market. So if I had to kind of predict what their executives are thinking, they might be thinking, let's take more time than everybody else and develop a fantastic product that works 100% of the time. And when we launch it, we'll have the customers there anyway. So you're right, it's going to be a very competitive smartphone market. And that's great for consumers at the end of the day. Enough about AI today, let's talk about Facebook and Instagram's ad-free tier. So why did Meta roll this out? It seems that Meta rolled out an ad-free tier uh, specifically for Europe right now, not really because they wanted to, but because of evolving European regulation around data privacy and data security. And it really in response to this ongoing regulation that limits the way that Meta might be able to use customer data or user data for advertisers, they rolled out an ad-free pricing tier that's kind of quite expensive at around 10 to 12 euros a month where users can opt out of viewing advertisements by paying a monthly fee. It costs 10 euro per month at least. So it's not actually mm -hmm. cheap. I believe the pricing point is deliberate on Meta's part to set a high price because in their official press release around this announcement, they specifically mentioned that we still believe in an ad-supported internet. So they really like their current business model of giving users advertising in exchange for a free product. So my belief is that they want to make the pricing high enough so that many people would still prefer the free tier. But at the same time, anybody that pays the 10 euro a month in pricing, Meta wants to be sure that they essentially don't lose money on that user by charging them too little where they would have made more from their data by serving them ads. Does this mean that people will not see posts from businesses at all? Because some say they are still seeing suggested posts which feel like ads sometimes. Yes, so the industry term there is native advertising, where an advertisement looks almost exactly like a normal Facebook post that shows up in your feed. Since I personally haven't seen this feature because I don't live in Europe, it'll be interesting to see like how they will implement this, whether they will take away any mention of business advertising or if they will still allow a few posts that look like normal posts but are still actually sponsored by the company. For those users who pay, will Meta stop collecting data from them for the purpose of advertising? Well, in their press release around the topic, they said something very similar. They basically said that they will not send users' data to advertisers if they're paying for the ad-free tier. Again, the devil is going to be in the details, like what data do they still collect 
and how do they use that data either internally or by making it available to advertisers in an anonymous way. So we haven't really seen the details here, but at the surface level, they've said outright that we are not going to use people's data for advertising if they already pay us. This new arrangement is for、um, European users only. Do you think it will not be rolled out in Hong Kong? I don't think it'll be rolled out globally anytime soon. Meta might be running this as a small experiment in Europe to see how it affects their revenue in that region. Perhaps if they find that going forward,、uh, European revenues have increased because many people have signed up for ad-free pricing, they may roll out this feature in other markets. It'll be interesting to see if they roll it out in Southeast Asia and Hong Kong because we are pretty heavy users of Facebook. But the real question becomes: Will we be willing to pay for ad-free Facebook over here, or will we still be comfortable in seeing ads? So I'm pretty sure going forward, Meta will run these experiments locally, collect information about how well they're working before they decide to roll it out at a wide scale. That's about it for this week's Tech Tuesday. Before we say goodbye, go to our Instagram page at rthk underscore enews to learn a weekly tech tip and get the most out of your gadgets. See you next Tech Tuesday.